This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back listening to Militantly Mixed. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, the busiest mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom podcaster in this podcasting game. I am actually very frustrated right now because I've been trying to record this intro for hours and I have these very irritated cats right now. All four of them are in the living room with me, but two of them are very displeased that I have them in the living room while my husband is trying to sleep in the bedroom and they are crawling all over the computer. They are meowing like crazy. You can hear one shuffling behind the computer right now because she's trying to find a place to be comfortable. And at this point, I just have to give up and just finalize the recording. I've deleted so many perfectly good recordings because they were making so much racket. And now I'm just giving up and letting them make the racket. And one of them's about to climb over my computer again to find another place to go to. Hurry up, Rain. Okay. So I'm a little frustrated right now, but whatever. I wish I hadn't deleted all of the previous recordings and just kind of clipped it together if I could, but I did what I did. So whatever. Uh, today, the day you're listening to this episode is most likely December 3rd, which is the day that it drops, which is my 42nd birthday, which is why I wanted to do an episode. Um, now I'm in kind of a bummy mood, so I don't know what this is going to turn into. We'll see. But that's pretty typical for my birthday. Um, I, for some reason, enjoy birthdays and have a lot of hope that one day I'm going to have an awesome birthday. But every year, usually something very tragic happens on my birthday. It's almost like a tradition. (laughs) for something bad to happen. Um, And not just like, oh, you had a bad day, but like something extremely bad, like a car accident, going into the hospital, um, marriage problems, a family death. Like I've had some crazy ass things happen on my birthdays, but I always, for some reason, it's one of the few areas in which I do remain hopeful that one day I'm going to have a dope ass birthday. This year is probably not going to be much of an improvement on any previous year because a 19, no, a 23-year tradition is being ended on this day. Since I was 19 years old and entered the workforce, I have always taken my actual birthday off of work if it lands on a work day. And I, um, because I usually have such rough birthdays, I started a few years back to uh like a decade or so back to start getting massages two hour massages on my birthday and uh, going to a movie by myself and then you know maybe i'll go to dinner and celebrate with friends or family but um predominantly because things have happened on my birthdays that were usually so bad i started to give myself this gift of like just catering to myself one day a year (laughs) like literally just one day a year and this year i can't do that um I I work as a temp and the nature of my job is you only get paid for the days that you actually work. And so I can't afford to take my birthday off this year. And so like legitimately for the first time since I was 19 years old, I'll be 42 on December 3rd. For the very first time on my birthday, I will actually be working 
and not doing my annual tradition. So I'm really bummed about that. Like, I really hate that things got so derailed since we moved back to LA and um, my career path is just slumped so much since uh since coming here and so i went from you know making really good money and having a career path to like really scratching to get by now as if i'm starting from scratch so it really sucks to be 42 years old and professionally starting from scratch but the benefits i guess now are that i i created this podcast network and i enjoy so much what i'm doing there and hopefully i can make that my my future um but as of right now, you know, it's still the hustle. It's still trying to get there. And so, you know, I'm a little bummed that I'm going to have to work on my birthday and not be able to do any of these things. But um, because I'm really weird about tradition, well, I guess I'm not weird about traditions. Traditions are traditions because people put weight on them. Um, so, like, I have a lot of weight on this particular tradition. It's literally the one time a year I do anything for myself. And, uh, now I'm not going to be able to do that. So whatever it is, what it is. Uh, but I wanted to do this episode as a hope to like, try to have something good. And then of course, while in the process of creating this episode, I've gotten into a bad mood, so it's not going to translate very well, <laughs> but I have no other time to like get in a good mood and re-record this episode. It has to be done now. Otherwise I won't be able to get it done. So whatever it is, what it is. Ah, life. All right, so uh, where are we at? Um, I want there is still an episode I want to do this year. I don't know how I'm going to make it work, and I haven't gotten enough buy-in yet. So until I get more information, I don't really feel great about producing the whole episode myself. Uh, but if you've been following me on social media, you know I've been trying to collect stories and speak to people about their holiday traditions and how they function as mixed race people. I've got a few people who've sent me DMs of what their stories and situations are. I have been hoping to get either voice messages or voice memos so I so that people can actually tell their own stories or actually get with them to interview them briefly, but it hasn't really worked out or at least maybe my reach isn't broad enough to to get people to participate in it. So I only have a couple and I really don't envision a successful episode ending and me reading everybody's stories that they sent me. Um because I want to have some engagement on it and interaction about it. So as much as I would like to produce this episode for this holiday season this year, I don't know that it's going to pan out and I don't want to half-ass do it. So I will still share probably, uh, am I going to do it? Um, I mean, people have sent in some things and I, I don't want to do them a disservice by not sharing it. I just, um, you know, would have preferred a, a few more folks participating and some actual voices speaking on their behalf. So I may come through uh, sometime in December to, to drop a mini-sode maybe uh, in reading these things, uh, unless somebody will actually want to talk to me about it, in which case I'll do a real episode. But I wanted to do an episode that focused in on uh, how us as mixed-race people and multicultural people celebrate holidays, especially when maybe our ethnic groups are in conflict, our traditions are in conflict with each other. And what triggered this was hearing more and more about Sorte Pete, the, uh, or Black Peter, the slave of the Santa Claus character in Dutch Christmas traditions. And I was just like, I, it's not like I haven't been aware of this for many years, but for some reason it really hit me this year, like, damn, what would it be like to be a mixed black and dutch 
person or a Dutch person of black heritage having to see this quote unquote beloved slave character as a part of the holiday tradition and the white Dutch people not understanding how much trauma could be um, experienced for brown and black Dutch folks um, in celebrating that tradition. Uh, That's what started this off. I wanted to talk to more people about this. I was hoping I would be able to find a, a mixed black Dutch person. Um, I've yet to find that. So maybe it's something that I save up for next year. Um, but for the people who have sent me things, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I am going to try to figure out the best way to put that out um, without having the fully formed episode that I was kind of envisioning in my mind. Um, so uh, updates, I'll, I'll update y'all as I know what I'm going to do with it. Um, but it's not going nowhere. It's just that it may not be developed by this holiday season, as I was kind of hoping to be able to do. Uh, but that's always the risk. You know, you put out some things on social media and you hope you get what you get. Sometimes I have a BMI bonnet that like the culture of mixed race people as a whole do not have in their bonnets. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how I put it together. I'll figure something out, though. So if you have sent something in to me and we've been engaging on it, um, I'm still going to work on trying to figure out what's the best way to release that information without um, without putting together what will feel like a really half-assed episode. So that's where we are on the holiday tradition episode. And um, I think I'll wait until January to kind of talk about some of the things that we have planned for conversations and uh, and sort of these uh, topical episodes that we've been kind of considering over the last month or so. For the Patreon sponsorship this month, we did not achieve the November goal of hitting $400 a month. Uh, we did get to 302 this month. And starting in August, I started these monthly goals to achieve what I was hoping would be a way to continue the show going when I was unemployed and and struggling, but also beyond that, actually being able to hire an assistant that can take on some of the the busy work elements of producing the show so that it'll free me up to like really investigate the content further. Uh, If we do achieve the $500 a month goal, which I have set for December, uh, I will be able to make that happen. Where I stand right now, I can't really uh, make that happen. So The goal hasn't changed, even though we didn't hit it in November. It doesn't mean that the December goal adjusts. The December goal is still $500 a month by the end of the year. So if you have been considering sponsoring the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed and support the show as low as a dollar a month to as high as anything you wish. There are different reward levels depending on what level you choose. And if I ever make adjustments to those reward levels, you get those new gifts as well because of the continued sponsorship. I'm also going to be re-shouting out folks come January uh, because I have some people who have been supporting the show for almost as long as the show has existed. And for those people who have joined in the last three months to support the show, you know, I want folks to know what their impact has been. So I'll be doing that again when we come back in January. But right now, like I said, we're sitting at 302. The goal for the end of December is 500. So 198 more dollars to go. If you haven't really been considering supporting the show, uh, the only reason why I bring it up as often as I do is because I, I know that in Western culture, we have removed ourselves from the, the patronage culture, which used to be that like creators and artists and stuff, um, folks would kind of sponsor their creativity, their support their life while they're sponsoring their creativity. And that is actually something that went out of fashion, but it's it's something that I really enjoy and support as much as I can. Whenever I did have a real income, I um, I used to do that. Now I can't really do that. 
with money, but I can do it with platform and sharing and, and signal boosting and things like that. But I like this thing because it means that the community cares about what you're doing for them. And so they are sponsoring you to do it. And with Militantly Mixed, uh, having the community buy-in also helps me know that I'm on the right track for things. So just to kind of put it into perspective, which I think I said before, it can take sometimes a, for an episode alone, it can take 12, 13 hours to produce one episode because uh, I have to reach out to people, engage back and forth until they decide if they're going to be on an episode, pre-screen them, and make sure that we have the right chemistry and that uh, the story you know, will be able to be told with as much empathy and thoughtfulness as possible. And then we actually record the episode and then I have to edit the episode. And if there's any research to be done leading into it, I will do that as well. Not to mention all the social media promotion of every episode. So by the time it's all said and done, um, sometimes I there has been some that I've tracked uh, up to nearly 40 hours in production of some things because of how much back and forth has gone on before we actually make it happen. I don't track as detailed now as I used to because um, I'm way too busy to be that much of a Excel geek, but it's, it's pretty, it's a lot, a lot goes into, it may feel insignificant, but a lot goes into producing every single episode. And when I didn't have a job, that was a lot easier. Now that I do have multiple jobs right now, it gets a lot harder. So uh, this support helps me put people in place because I'm still a one woman operation to, um, to make some of that aspect a little bit smoother so that I can give my best me during an interview or a conversation for the show and in the production of the show. So that's the goal. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about sponsorship. I'm not just trying to get money for the sake of money, although one day it will be nice to be paid for this work. It's mostly in sponsorship of actually curating the work and making it possible to produce as good of shows as I possibly can. So that's why that's why I promote it so much. If you don't wish to support on a monthly basis, you can drop coins into the PayPal account, paypal.me slash militantly mixed. I kind of consider that a tip jar. So if you want to drop in a dollar here and there, or $20 here and there, uh, which has happened several times and has been amazing. It all goes to the same account. It all it all supports the show. But the Monthly sponsorship really, really goes a long way because then I know that the hosting fees are going to be taken care of. The production fees are going to be taken care of. I do have a monthly uh, fee for the software that I use to edit everything. And um, there's a few other things that I would like to be able to do. But since I can't afford it yet, it's, it, you know, I still continue to do things really manually to make this show successful. So that's why I talk about the Patreon so often. Um, I, I hope it doesn't read as like I'm just money grubbing. Uh, really, every penny goes back into the show in some way, shape or form, um, or at least the rewards, too. So sometimes the, the rewards are being paid for the money that is being sponsored. So um, when that happens, that also cuts into what I can do that month with the show. So, yeah, that's what the Patreon's about. It's, it's to help keep the show uh, going and eventually one day help keep the show growing because I'll be able to promote it um, more broadly. <laughs> so I totally forgot I ordered food and I just had this like loud bang on my door and I was like, what is happening on my recording? Um, but now I realize what was happening is I ordered food and it is here. Um, and you could probably hear my stomach growl a little bit in addition to the cats meowing um, because I'm super duper hungry. Okay, where was I? Oh, Patreon sponsorship. So yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash militantly mix and support the show 
that way. And uh, trust me, even that dollar a month goes a long way. I have several dollar a month supporters, $2, $3 a month. And then I have a few really big hitters, which I appreciate at the 50, 40, 30 and $20 levels. It just goes so far in helping me keep doing this work. And I am so appreciative of that support. So if you're able to, please do. We do want to try to hit $500 by the end of the year. That will be the last of the top three goals that I had in 2019. The first goal that I had in 2019 was I wanted to hit 10,000 downloads by the time the anniversary episode hit. That didn't quite happen. I did hit 8,000 by the time the anniversary uh, show hit, but I didn't hit 10,000 until August of this year. But still, goal achieved. I wanted to hit 10,000. We hit it. Uh, My second goal was once we hit 10,000, I was like, well, I want to end the year with at least 15,000. That is most likely going to happen. As of right now, we are sitting at 14,428 downloads. And today at the time I'm recording it is November 30th. So it's very likely that we will hit the 15,000 downloads by the end of 2019. So I'm going to go ahead and consider that goal achieved as well. And the third goal was to hit $500 a month in sponsorship on Patreon by December 31st. That is not achieved yet, but I still believe that we can hit it. So over the course of the next 30 days, if we can get that last $198 uh, and hit that goal, then it will it will feel like an extremely successful year. Either way, this has been an extremely successful year, though, in terms of now I have under my belt over a year and a half of completing this show. And in the past, so many projects I've attempted, I've either given up on or some element made it impossible to keep it going or or things like that, you know, life, moving, finances, whatever it was. Um, when I was doing filmmaking, I, I struggled there as well to complete projects because you have to use and count on so many other people to create art. <laughs> and at least with the podcast, I can do it by myself if I need to. I like other people involved and mo- a lot of other people want to be involved. So it really finally is a perfect marriage of all the things I want to do and all the things I can do. And to know that I'm over a year into doing this now feels like it is definitely a part of my life that I can't give up anymore. And I'm so excited that I've had this opportunity, even though I created this opportunity that um, people bought in and you're listening and you're paying attention and you're sending me information or you're introducing me to people to have on the show or you're contacting me because you want to be on the show. There's so many things about this that um, is easy <laughs> uh, to, to keep it going. And then the other things are just the challenges, the logistics challenges to, to make it go. And supporting the Patreon helps with the logistics. Basically, that's it. Uh, okay, so what have we talked about? We talked about the cats being grumpy, my stomach growling. It's my birthday and I have to work. Patreon, giving up a few things just so that I can be a normal human person, mental health hiatus, and finally, we're coming to what I wasn't sure I was going to (laughs) do. So last month, as you know, I did my first attempt at stand-up comedy at the Moral Support Show at the Ruby Theater, uh, which was an amazing and terrifying experience. I do have the video footage now of that set, and I will never share that video 
ever. Um, that is for me to deal with. Uh, the reason why I'm not willing to share it is because, um, you know, you don't often see yourself from the outside. And seeing this video, I am seeing myself on the outside in a different way than I ever have before. I, the experience was so major in my life that I would like to keep that personal. Um, the visual of it, keep it personal, because it, it actually is kind of hard to watch myself do that, because I could tell that I was struggling through it. And I can tell that um, I was uncomfortable a little bit and outside, well, way out of my comfort zone. But I was also really proud of myself that I stepped up and did this thing. And so I just kind of want to keep the video of it sacred, if that makes sense. Um, but I'm happy to share the audio of it. Um, what I am going to share with you, though, is an abridged version of the entire set because I did fumble <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> to get through it because it was it was a bit, it was a major challenge. Like it was a huge challenge in my life to be able to stand up and do this. I am dinner table funny. I can kill at a table at a dinner table. I absolutely can kill. Uh, but on stage, as a as a public speaker. I can nail it too, or, or at least I can feel comfortable on stage without, even if it's not the best speaking engagement ever, I still feel comfortable and not embarrassed throughout it. Um, I know that something that I've said will reach somebody. I can see it on the faces of the people looking back at me. And it's very validating, things like that. I really enjoy public speaking on the subject of mixed race identity. Um, God, I don't know what's happening. My apartment complex is so loud today. I just got another knock and I have, I went to my door and nobody was there. Um it's like everything's conspiring against me releasing this episode this week. <laughs> uh, but anyways, going back to the stand-up comedy, uh, when I, I was so nervous. I'm never usually this nervous. And I honestly also never really get embarrassed. I can fall in front of an entire room of people. I can spill something. I can flub words. And I just never really get embarrassed because, you know, some of the things that we get embarrassed about are outside of our control or just things that happen in the heat of the moment. And you just like acknowledge it and move on. I don't really have a personality that is open towards embarrassment. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I kind of just don't have that gene. Uh, leading into the comedy, though, I was extremely embarrassed. I like I was what I assumed was embarrassment. I, I felt so uncomfortable and nervous and ashamed of myself and imposter syndrome and thinking like, how dare I even think I'm funny enough to attempt it. So I was really, really nervous the whole time leading up to it. And then I think I kind of made the mistake of I was so nervous I was going to miss my name or and that that would be a part of the embarrassment that I stood where I could hear Marie do her intro set leading up to introducing me. And I didn't know how long her set was going to last. So I stayed there listening and she ended up doing a series of jokes that was basically very similar to my first couple minutes. And that because we're both mixed race women, something that we encounter on a regular basis is people exoticizing us and saying, we're, we're, you know, where are you from? You're so exotic looking, things like that. And so she basically said those two phrases. And I was like, oh, shit, I can't go out there and repeat what she just said, you know, and it would seem it would seem like I was copying her and everything like that. So I, um, I spent the few minutes that she did, had left on her set, like trying to recraft my thing. And in doing that, I, I, um, I had slightly less confidence. I was already, let me be honest, I was already going into it very unconfident. <laughs> um, but that one, um, that got me where I was like, shit, I can't re-say what she said. And it's such a weird problem to have, right? Like, I do white people feel like this? Because there's always white people going after white people after white people in comedy. But it's because it's, we're two mixed race women. I thought, oh, man, this would be crazy to all have in the same show. 
So I ended up kind of moving up a joke that I had in the middle of my set. And then I sort of used a real life experience to kind of end my show that I hadn't really planned fully um, for the set. And so I threw that in there. And so you can tell the difference between the one that I kind of had a little bit more crafted and the one that I had sort of less so. But I, you know, I'm still I'm still hella proud of myself for doing it. And I but I cut out the section of me like forgetting where I was at and saying, like, sorry, everybody, I got to go to my phone. I hate when comics do this, especially on Fridays and Saturdays, because that's like when you're supposed to come to with your best material. Uh, But I ended up having to look at my phone twice. So that's what I've cut out of this thing is that section of awkwardness while um, I'm looking at my phone to try to get my things back up. But I am finally ready to share with the audience, (laughs) with the world, um, my first attempt at stand-up comedy. Again, I still end this experience telling people, like, try shit that you're scared of that you want to do. Like... If you want to go skydiving, fucking try that shit. It's amazing and exhilarating. If you want to try stand-up comedy, try that shit. It's amazing and exhilarating. And you're going to fuck up. Like, you're going to. You've never done this before. It's it's going to be awkward. You're going to be weird. But you did it. And when you walk away from it, you can. I can never go on and say, I didn't try this thing. I wanted to try, like, my whole life. I've wa- I actually wanted to go into stand-up comedy as a teenager. I'm 42 years old now, and the very first time I've ever tried to do stand-up comedy was at 41. Um, my husband and I talk about this all the time. We actually sit there and write stand-up routines for each other, like together as a as a couple activity. And between the two of us, like he, he said, I don't think I'll ever try it. And for me, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna try it. Like when I had the opportunity, I was like, yeah, I gotta try it. I can't not try this and that was what a big part of this year too was me trying things that I want to do that I didn't have the confidence in doing and I'm so glad that I did it so with all that weird build-up <laughs> without further ado I'm going to end 2019 with my stand-up routine that I performed at the moral support show at the Ruby theater in los angeles curated by former guests of militantly mix marie Wachke. you can go back and listen to her episode six i also reran it um last month as well and then we'll finish out the rest of the year with reruns of episodes that i want to expose the new folks that have just joined us to if you haven't had a chance to go back to earlier episodes and for folks who have been with me for a while, uh, reintroducing you to old friends. So happy all of the holidays, if that's your thing. Um, looking forward to setting new goals for 2020. But in the meantime, don't forget to be your mixed ass selves. Peace, y'all. by the alias of Mixed Girl Maine, is the producer and host of Militantly Mixed, Blurred Comics, and Five Furious with Mixed Girl Maine Podcast. She describes herself as the busiest mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, cat mom, comic book nerd, podcaster, and the podcasting game. <laughs> Big old education.
location of business for y'all between me and uh, Marie. I am also mixed, as she said, mixed girl mate. I know I present ambiguously Asian and or Latin mix. Depending on what side of the country I'm on, I'm either Filipino on the West Coast or Dominican on the East Coast. I am actually black, Japanese, and colonizer British, though. <laughs> so black plus Japanese plus British equals Dominican. <laughs> I, uh, I'm what they call in the business incognito, meaning that black people can tell that I'm black by looking at my face, but the rest of y'all are very confused about what I am. Um, it allows me to slip in and out of situations that, um, and then come back and tell my people what's going on inside. <laughs> uh, one of, but there are advantages and disadvantages for being mixed or racially ambiguous as I present. Uh, one of the advantages, I often get offered free rupia if I go to Costco. <laughs> I see a nice little woman who wants to introduce me to her son. <laughs> uh, but that actually did happen one time. I was at a Costco. A lady told me I was a very nice girl. See? <laughs> a tray of lumpia. And then after I told her I was black and Japanese, she took back the tray of lumpia and said, oh, I thought you were a nice girl. <gasps> Disadvantage. I sometimes am in a situation where someone doesn't realize what I am, thinks they're a button, and starts saying some shit about people. <laughs> and I gotta decide what am I gonna do with this one? Tell them the truth, or I'm just gonna let them go and eat it up until the very end where I'm like, oh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another advantage, I don't look as old as I am. I don't know if you're familiar with the phrase, black don't crack. <laughs> we got another phrase, Asian don't crack. <laughs> and I got that times two. So. <laughs> but one weird thing is that white women my age or older, anybody want to guess how old I am? Nope. <laughs> I'm 41. I'm going to be 42. Why? <laughs> I don't crack. There's no reason. Um, but as a result, white women like to threaten my life because I look so young and they're jealous of it. Just the other day, it happens all the time, but it specifically just the other day, I started a new job and, you know, I got to do the whole getting to know all my coworkers thing. So one lady was walking me around and she tells me, oh, you're not going to remember this because you're too young. But blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, no, I remember that. I'm 41. And she's like, oh, my God, 41. Are you serious? I hate you. If you fall down the stairs later on today, you'll know why. <laughs> she was like, haggle. She just enjoyed herself so much. I just sat there like stone face, just staring at her. Was that not funny? <laughs> and I was like, what? On my first day of work, I get threat my life threatened because I look younger than I am? No, it's fine. It's hilarious. She's like, oh, I know some people tell me I'm not supposed to say everything that comes out of my mouth. And then she hit me again a little bit later, a week later, totally forgetting she did this before. You might not remember this because you're pretty young. You know, like, we were talking about this in 41. Oh my God, I hate you so much. And she goes through the whole thing again about how she's going to push me down the stairs. So I don't know if I'm the only brown person she's ever seen. She only pushes brown down the stairs. But that's her.
Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.